my name is Inocente Anonkulego. Welcome to yet another edition of So Let's Talk Sports. We're talking all things Premier League, but today we'll be highlighting some of the middle order clubs and how they've just been maneuvering themselves around the Premier League table. So many things have been happening when you're comparing the past couple of seasons, how things are moving into the season. And again, we're talking about the most talked about man, and that is the Spurs man himself, Harry Kane. I am not alone. I am joined by a fellow football supporter, Tembanguenya. Hey, bro, what's good? Hey, sis. Uh, all is well, all is well. My side, no complaints whatsoever. I'm just so yeah. privileged and so happy to be here once again. Definitely so good talking sports with you. As always, we're going to get to it. Uh, we're talking Harry Kane, the most talked about man right now. And yeah, so many things have been going on in Harry Kane's life uh, in terms of the almost signing coming into City and not signing. To City and he's just seeing his performance this season, the past seven fixtures he's played for Spurs and it's not looking good for the man. Yeah, I mean, what a different conversation we would be having now if City actually got a hold of him, Definitely. Uh, which is the number nine that they need. But mm -hmm. uh, honestly speaking, I don't know what's plaguing him so much. Uh, you know what, what is happening in his life? You know, because I've always said, even when I speak amongst my other peers, why is Harry Kane so devoted to Tottenham? It yeah. is such a dry club when it comes to silverware. He was supposed to, long time ago, he's reaching his late 20s. In fact, he already yeah. is in his late 20s. He should 20, have been... 28. Absolutely. I mean, he should have already been in a club that gets silverware. Are they not headhunting him? You know, is Madrid not looking for him? Barcelona could really do with a striker like him right now. I mean, I'm sure you might want to stay in 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 in, in uh, the Premier League. So why not Chelsea? Why not Liverpool? Why not United? Why not City? You know, exactly. so that's what's really confusing. Is there a clause in Kane's contract that we, the the fans, don't know about? Because I mean, it is insane. It's yeah. It's crazy. How the club I, is not willing to let him go. I do think that you know, the club still views itself as a top five team. Um, so <laughs> well, they're not. To, <laughs> you know, at heart, you know, they'll never give up. Uh, I think that it is possible that for the longest of times, from a young age of Harry Kane, he has given out that energy that he loves this club beyond anything. So he spent too much time probably fending off clubs that could have easily have created a, a legendary name for him by now you yeah. know so now that he realizes hold on a second this loyalty i have towards tottenham might not necessarily take me that far maybe i should start reconsidering but now it's hard maybe there's too much sentimental value and maybe certain clauses that are making it difficult for him to just leave maybe he can leave but not just leave and you're hearing that the, the 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 number, the amount that Spurs were looking uh, to actually release him to City. The first we were hearing 100 million. Next thing it was 200 million, which City was like, oh. no, we are not going to pay 200 million for Harry Kane. Well, mm -hmm. 150, well, okay, that is negotiable. But 200, 200 million, definitely that's a no-go. Yeah. 
Yeah, that would Crazy. be too much. Crazy. Was I was actually looking at like hurricane stats in the the last two seasons. Uh Nine, uh, twenty, twenty, uh, twenty nineteen and twenty twenty when Liverpool won, actually twenty nine appearances, eighteen goals, uh, five clean sheets. And last season when he won like the Golden Boot, like an an impressive season for him, he played all fixtures, which was thirty five, twenty three goals, fourteen assists, eleven clean sheets, one yellow card, fifty three shots on target. Right. And looking in right now, he has played like currently the season. He has appeared in six appearances, zero goals, one clean sheet, yeah. two yellow cards. I mean, comparing the past two seasons, like right now, you would uh, you would think Hurricane will be like three goals or four goals in. Yeah, I mean, also, and what what is not realizing those stats are so important. If those stats become a little bit more consistent, then City yeah. might not even be interested anymore. Mm. Because, you know, when a club misses you the first time, they do go back, but it has to be worth it. You know, so will City be interested in January? We don't We don't really know, but he has to fight for it. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, but saying that he, he's not totally in a goal a drought. He scored a hat-trick. In the Europa Conference League, with against Enes Mora, they Spurs won five one in that fixture. Hurricane scored a hat trick, so it's not a total dry spell for him when it comes to goals. But it's a different, it's a different picture that he's painting to the Premier League. Well, does he not want to score in the EPL? Well, look, let me tell you something. I don't watch much boxing, but a, a heavyweight would never go play against a lightweight and then, uh, you know, yeah. post yeah. about winning all the rounds. Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll be like, yeah, that's a lightweight. Let's see what's happening in the heavyweight. So Harry Kane has to perform in the, in the most important platforms. And in this case, it is going to be Premier League because I don't even think they qualified for Champions League. Mm. Well, they didn't. They didn't. So, yes, one platform, and that's the only platform that's going to matter. Ah, definitely. But when you look in as a football supporter with everything that's happening with Harry Kane, do you feel like there's like a shift when it comes to like his fellow teammates? Because we know him and Son have been like thick as thieves, but do you feel like there's almost like a riff when it comes to the players or what's happening in the camp? Is there something that we are not seeing? I think, of course, you know, Son, Son and Kane, what they have is, and, and you know, it's undisputable. I don't think it's the it's the it's the one thing contributing to that, but I do think that the team is taking strain and not not everyone is functioning the way they they should have been. Should and have. as you know, uh, the fact that this guy was really about to go to City and then he didn't, so you start to wonder, you know, is there bad blood? Is there a little bit of oh, nah, you want to leave as soon as you get the chance to, yeah. you know? So may, maybe it's that, maybe. Maybe he also feels emotionally and psychologically, you know, down because now he's shown his true intentions. He's shown that he he was willing to go, and but now he's stuck. It's 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 more like finding out that your spouse was about to leave you, and then you know he found out there was a there was a child on the way and stuck with the marriage. Obviously, the marriage is still going to be sour because now yeah. we know his true intentions. So I do think that. His true intentions appearing, 
may have created a little bit of you know soundness within the club, maybe with management, maybe with investors, maybe you know maybe there's a little bit of an awkward situation there. Yeah. But as soon, I mean, this is football, this is sports. You know, we have to man up and continue. As soon as he actually finds his, he 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 gets a grip, he will go back to his performing level, and eventually get bought by an important team. Definitely, but looking at like Spurs in like general, like change in management, uh, Nuno himself has not literally gotten um, the head start he needed in terms of players. I mean, Spurs need to do a lot of signings. Defense-wise, they are they are one of the worst defense we've ever seen in the in the Premier League. And saying that Spurs still consider themselves top four or top five, that's that's out of the question. Because defense-wise, they're not doing good. Forward-wise, well, Hurricane, when he's not there, Son needs to pick up all the slack. I mean, last time, uh, the the who scored against um, Hoibien scored the last uh, the last uh, fixture they, that, that they play. While Hoibien yeah. coming in also, because the last couple of seasons has not been doing that well, right? When, when when it comes to Nuno, what does Nuno need to do? Yes, he needs to sign, but what else? Should he say to the big management, the big guys on the table, well, can you guys release Kane so that I can do my job? Yeah, p- possibly that's, um, that's what he might have to do. I, I do think that he does need that injection yeah. from, from Kane. You know, if Kane can bring in 115 million into the club, then, you know, he can look into getting maybe two underrated or young players that have the potential of actually taking the club a lot a lot higher and we've seen him do it with wolves you know and but the, the biggest thing i've really picked up nuno speaks very good english but every club that he's been in he seems to infiltrate a lot of portuguese players so I, you don't know if maybe the biggest thing about nuno that br- that brings about his success is his ability to communicate with his players yeah. maybe that is his thing maybe he needs to get more portuguese players into tottenham and then get good communication and therefore they can, you know, make magic happen. So with Nuno, it's very unpredictable because it's such an under the carpet, you know, success of a manager. He, yeah. He's successful if you actually read about him. You're like, oh, this guy is actually quite a success. He's not that famous. But mm-hmm. there's that trend of having a lot of Portuguese players in the teams he has succeeded with. So, yeah, you're right. Kane must go. A couple of more Portuguese players must come through. And then they make magic happen. And okay. I know it sounds ignorant. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. It's because it now rumor has it that Nuno actually wants to sign Adama Taora, the, the, mm-hmm. the Spanish guy. He yeah. wants to get him in. And then the asking price, Wolf is asking 50 million, which is as a, it's a reasonable price at the, yeah. the, the type of player Taora yeah. is. He's, good. He's a good striker. And Absolutely. now you see... Also seeing uh, t- um, players from Tottenham wanting to leave. Dombele seemed to leave uh, the end of the season wanting to go to Barcelona. So that's something that's going to be happening. So now only not uh, new forwards coming in, your backs wanting to leave. So he has yeah. a lot of work to do. And again, uh, I feel like because the, 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 the culture now in the EPL is that when a manager is not um, improving on a, or not doing what the management wants, we need to sack you. So mm, I feel like absolutely. They, that will be unfair on Nuno's part. Just give him a yeah. chance to settle in, get the players he wants, and see what he does with Spurs. Yeah. 
Look, the, the, you know, of course, you know, um, there there are different types of ma- uh, managers. You get you get you get managers like Klopp, who always move to a club, bring in new mediocre players, turn them into world class players. Then yeah. you have play, you know, managers like Nuno, who have their type of players. You know, like you said, Adama Traore, he thrived so well under Nuno, and right now he's he's doing you know what he's doing. But you know, it's not—it's not like what he was under Nuno. So perhaps Nuno needs to get the type of players that he knows how to work with, and he yeah. can succeed because he's the type of manager. You know, you, you know, in in acting they call it method acting. You know, yeah. where you you get to be able to do what you do from getting your energy from somewhere. And for him, he needs to get certain players to actually get to his, you know, known mm-hmm. success. Yeah, definitely. Let's move on. Let's talk about uh, what's been happening when it comes to like the middle order um, of clubs. You're seeing the likes of Everton literally up there with the big guys. You see Brighton and you see the new appointed Brantford uh, making their statement in the season. In the season, And you see Spurs literally there with the middle order guys. Uh, yeah. Ham performing well this season. Villa, Arsenal. Well, Arsenal is a different story on its own. But let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about how Everton, your Brighton, your Brantford, your Villa have been performing this season, literally up yeah. there and just competing with the big guys. Yeah, look, I mean, let's be realistic. Last year, last season, um, Villa had a definitely better run by this time. You know, yeah. I think it was it was by this time they had beaten Liverpool seven one or seven two. You know, so with with the with the with the leaving of Graylish, you can actually see that you know they're missing that key player thing. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, I understand they got Danny Ings, if I'm not mistaken. It is Danny Ings, right? You yeah. know, you know, I don't think he's doing the Graylish stuff. But he's you not. know, Ollie Watkins, Ollie Watkins, a little bit in the background again, and and so I guess like Villa is is as as a team collectively. It's always going to do very well because they're a strong team together, you know. Mm-hmm. Where, but now those key players that always bring those moments, now they seem to have, you know, moved a little bit back, and you know they've lost Graylish. So that's my concern with Aston Aston Villa, and the Everton and Brighton and Brenton. Those are two clubs that are trying to prove a point. They you are. Know? I mean, I'll tell you one thing, Rafa Benitez has always been, you don't put that name next to a club and not get some sort of exciting result. So when they said Rafa was going to Everton, I got scared, you know, because those are our rivals. Those are Merseyside rivals. Exactly. So I, I, I dread meeting up with Everton as, as a Liverpool fan. You know, Brighton, I don't know. I won't say too much about Brighton. I, I I would not be surprised if end of the season Brighton is getting into relegation zone. I you know, I can't really say there's anything, you know, that is of great substance that but I can take. Part of the season has been good. We cannot take that Absolutely. away from him. Absolutely. The, 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 the first seven fixtures, they it, it they've performed well. They did. No, you're absolutely correct. So yes, uh, you know, Brighton has started well. But I don't know about Brighton and consistency. They don't strike me as a team that will be consistent all the way through. So let's wait and see. But Everton, I can see Everton creating problems in the top four, top five. 
they need to be on the lookout for Everton. And then Brentford on its own is also trying to create its own history. Um, so I, I will say Brenton will stay, will definitely stay in the league. I don't know about that. Yeah, definitely. Like, Let's talk about Brentford. Like looking at their success, them being promoted to the to the to the EPL, and their opening fixture against Arsenal is just gonna be one for the history books because you just felt the atmosphere, the love from the fans, and total passion of the football itself. I mean, yeah. they've been p- performing well. I mean, against Liverpool, Arsenal, Palace, Villa, yeah. Wolves. Ham, they've just been like hitting the ground running. And yeah. my, question, my question for you is that what has been the drive to their success so early in the league? I think, you know, also being the underdog, they are the typical underdog, the true defini- yeah. definition of an underdog. And an underdog is a very, very dangerous person to be facing. And I guess, you know, when you, when, when you like, when a, a big team like Liverpool is like, oh, you know, we have a Champions League game and then we're meeting Brentford and they focus so much on the Champions League game yeah. and they win, you know, five odd goals only to, 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 you know, arrive and play a draw with Brentford. Then you realize that, you know, a lot of teams don't actually take Brentford that as seriously as they should. And we're seven yeah. games in now. You know, so I think everyone who needs to clash with Brenton knows they need to come, they need to bring their A game. Otherwise, they will be left with an egg on their face. Definitely. I was saying to a friend of mine the last time we were talking about Brentford is that what Brentford actually did before coming into the EPL was just sit down, assess and see what we can do right. Um, they took a book out of Leeds United. When, when when they got promoted last season and they saw what Leeds United actually did and that they put that, that in their playbook and it works for them, yeah? And when you're seeing, well, you're not going to have much success if you are um, a newly promoted side coming into the EPL if you don't have the right investment in your backing, yeah. if you don't have the right community in your backing. If So what Brentford actually did was to see, okay, fine, we don't have the the amount of money rolling in like City or City or United or your big clubs coming in yet. But what we have right now, it's, it's got, we, we're going to use that to our advantage. And that's exactly yeah. what they did. Yes, that they have that money, but not that much. And what they did and what has been working for them is that they are just um, uh, promoting young players coming in from the academy. They just uh, put in money uh, for for their training grounds and their stadium, and that's actually worked for them. And they're also investing in in their community. I mean, there's no club without its fans. There's no club without its community. And Bradford are just doing it for their supporters at the end of the day. And it's actually amazing to see. And yeah, we just I cannot wait to see what goes on as forward as we move on to the league. What happens to them? Yeah. And I guess also like um, expectations and goals. You know, if you're a team that just got promoted to to the EPL and they're like, oh, great stuff, you know, um, just stay in the league. Yeah. Now, that's a very sad expectation. That's a very sad expectation because if, if if the investor says stay, stay in the Premier League, you know, your goals become, okay, we're going to try win a couple, draw a couple, lose a few. 
Whereas when you're a team and you're like, okay, we're getting in this and let's go and try win the Premier League. Obviously, if you're trying to win the Premier League from relegation, from, from just promotion, you might not win it. But chances of making it to the top 10 is more likely because you are too ambitious. And, you know, I think that's the thing. I think Brentford went in and they're like, if we can win the Premier League, why not? Let's try exactly. winning. You know, exactly. whereas Norwich, ah, I don't even know yeah. what Norwich was. I'm like, why, what, what were they thinking? Why didn't they just ask not to join? Because they're not serious. Norwich is a, is a different story on its own. Uh, I've literally said to myself, well, if Norwich, well, they're going to get relegated. That's, that's without question. Yeah. Because they are just a yo-yo team, a yo-yo club. So they're going to go out of the Premier League and then next season, they're going to come back. Because yeah. they are good in that yeah. in Champions League, they're good there. But what they did, Norwich, when they got relegated last season, what they did not do is was actually sit down and assess and review. Well, mm. we are a small team, small club. Get us money, inject some money in us so that we can get the best players. I mean, you don't have to have the the biggest budget or the biggest uh, ballers in the field. Invest in a in a proper forward. Invest in a two proper defense de- defenders yeah. that's literally yeah. what you have to do so with the Norwich City uh, uh, management that did not do their homework they did not learn in the last season that they were in the EPL they were just like okay, yeah. well we got relegated well we got promoted let's get relegated again so yeah. and now when I was so I was thinking to myself when well when the Super League um, Super League thing was introduced to us maybe mm-hmm. this was some of the issues that they were saying that well Smaller clubs are going to get in and out, in and out. We have to mm. play with these clubs that are not really excited or interested to be in the big leagues. So when it yeah. comes to uh, uh, issues with Norwich City and some of the, the clubs like your, your Watford also, you should put them in that same uh, equation with Norwich City because it's the same thing. They don't learn anything. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I mean, Watford is, is, uh, has grabbed a couple of points for themselves. They're like averaging one point per game because they have seven points for seven in, in seven games. So you can see that, you know, they, they are trying to keep a grip on it. But, you know, how yes. many games left? Yeah. So, yes. you know, this is this is why I feel this is why I feel like Newcastle is definitely coming back up. You know, Newcastle is coming back up because there are teams like, you know what, Watford leads in Southampton. I think out of those three, some one of them is definitely going into relegation. You know, Leeds mm. has not convinced me at all yeah. that they are trying to keep to to stay in EPL. Like, I apologize, but I just I don't see it. I do not it's see it. It's gonna they if they make it if it's just gonna be just by that point because I don't know what's going on in the Leeds camp. I know they have a couple of players injured, but it's not going well for BS Bielsa and his men at Leeds. Yeah. That's another discussion Absolutely. on its own. We should actually make another episode and discuss what's happening, what's really going on, because now there's talks that Bielsa might be uh, replaced by the end of the season. So that's another story. Yo, maybe he's not coping. He always looks like he's about to get a heart attack yeah. in the past seven <laughs> days. He gives me anxiety just by watching him. I have anxiety. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. 
And so, I mean, I, I just feel like, uh, uh, by the way things are looking, we might be losing leads and getting Fulham, and that's going to be another train train wreck. Uh, but that's a story for the future. But yeah, yeah Let's close this episode off with what's happening at Newcastle. They just got new owners, new ownership, new investments. They are now standing one of the richest English clubs, like in history, in history, right? (laughs) Yeah, when you look at the gaps, when you look at the amount of money that was injected into Newcastle compared to even the big guns, yeah. They are trailing, the big guns are trailing behind. It's like they're being overlapped beyond imagination. And yeah. we hope that there will be fruition for all that money. We just hope that, that all that money is not going to be wasted. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But then, like, like, the fan base has been going wild in the last couple of days. It's yeah. unrealistic for us to say, well... Come next season, we're gonna be lead. We're gonna be winning the EPL. That's not reasonable. That's not realistic. Because again, I was listening to the um the Premier League uh, Daily News or the 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 television thingy they have on, and they were saying, well, it'll be in the best interest for Newcastle to actually look at uh, clubs like Manchester City as a blueprint, and actually how they should maneuver their newly found wealth and what they need to do. It's not going to be realistic and saying, well, we're just going to have the richest team out there and we're going to be winning trophies. It's not going to happen. It's going to take years, unfortunately. Absolutely. It will take years. But I, I do think that, you know, within two years, Newcastle should be a top tier team. It should be a team we can see in important lists, in important fa- facets of the league, you know. You know, uh, when you look at the highlighted parts of the of the list, you know, the first four or the number five, you know. So I think that, you know, if if they're going to really succeed in a couple of years, they need to subtly do what they need to do. It needs to be very subtle because if it's not subtle, you know, it's like anyone who wins a lot of money. If you get the lottery, you could lose your mind, overstand. And yeah. we can find you in an episode of I Blew It. So, I, blew it. <laughs> so yeah. I think they need to be very subtle. If these investors are putting all this money because they want to win the league next season, then, you know, they might as well take their money back. You know, exactly. they need to now, give that manager a couple, of, a couple of seasons. Exactly. And now talks of them saying they want to replace Steve Bruce. Like, how is that realistic? Give yeah, him, look, let him finish the season. Am I wrong for hey, saying that? Look, listen, it, you know, you know, if I didn't really, really love my wife, if I just all of a sudden got a couple of millies, I might go ahead and marry me another woman. Exactly. <laughs> I was so like, no, if just, all of a sudden you get a lot of money, you could start acting bougie. So I hope they don't actually drop him because now they have all the money to afford to afford other strong managers. I think they need to focus on giving that guy some money. And actually seeing how he's going to act. Maybe that's how they can determine whether they should sack him or not. You know, maybe they say, look, we give you three seasons. We want to see what you're going to do with this budget. And then he now starts looking around and attracting the right players. And after three seasons, if they're still in the same position with all that money, then maybe the problem is really him. 
Exactly, and not overlook the current players. I mean, your Saint uh, Maximum, your Maximum. But that, you cannot that, overlook those players. Rather, give them the support that they need or to sell them, to sell, full of potential. Or sell them to Liverpool, you know? Because St. <laughs> Maxima could really do do some things with Salah and, and Mane there on the side. Exactly. So he's not at his full <laughs> potential because he's missing the support that he needs. So give him that support. Give him give him and Watkins that support and you're going to see magic from them. It, for me, I'm like, Newcastle, y'all need to invest on some good defence. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, it. You know, I think that's what Klopp did with Liverpool. You know, he solidified the centre-back and once the centre-back was solid, Liverpool became a feared club and they need to, you know, get some good defence and then every team needs to start being afraid of facing that team because they know, oh, we don't score when we go see Newcastle. You know, that's what, you are right, I completely agree with you there. Yeah, exactly. And also, with when it comes to the supporters, because the supporters are not feeling Steve Bruce at the moment. So also invest in the supporters, make them realize that, well, it's not going to be in our best interest for us to just sack him right at this moment. So again, invest in your supporters, invest in your squad, invest in your stadium. They need to revamp that stadium. They need to focus on their academy players and training grounds and all that those things that actually make a great team. Because it's not just the players. It's also what happens behind the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. No, that, that is very true. The, 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 the answer is not to just change management. Exactly. The answer is to incentivize as many departments as possible and see if it stimulates the, the club in general. And then the fans will be happy automatically. You know, yep. there was a time where, you know, the City fans were not happy. There was a time where the Liverpool fans were not happy. And, yeah. you know, and with a little bit of assistance and patience, people are happy now. Exactly. Newcastle could really. And Newcastle are playing Spurs. The first fixture under new management. That is going to be insane. You, you literally, when... The, the announcement came out that they have new management. Tickle sa- ticket sales sold out. What? And they are playing a very um, uncertain Spurs. So I that, that fixture is going to be fire. Yeah, and it's at home. It's at home for exactly. Newcastle. So that's going to be quite interesting to see. It's I actually gonna think I'm going to definitely watch that one. I'm watching it too. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. But you know what? Money is what makes football what it is right now. It's a sad reality, but at the end of the day, it's football, we love it, but it's football and it's a business. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah, that's it. That's it for today's edition, you guys. Thank you for listening. Timber, thank you for joining me. Always a pleasure and a privilege talking sports with you. Yeah, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Until next time, it's bye for now.